4: Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl today with Jim Cramer at the New York Stock Exchange. David Fabers at the NASDAQ. In a few moments, he'll have an exclusive with the CEO of Philip Morris International, his company, and Altria, as you know, ending merger discussions amid the vaping crackdown. Futures are green. Some positive comments on U.S.-China trade coming in just a bit as we get our first look at the whistleblower complaint ahead of that House Intelligence hearing. Ten-year 169 final Q2 GDP is right at 2%. Our roadmap begins with the political risks for stocks the president says markets would crash if impeachment moves forward plus vaping fallout philip morris as we said joins us exclusively after calling off altria merger talks and shares of beyond meat soaring this morning as mcdonald's begins testing what they call the plt a plant lettuce and tomato burger Stocks coming off their best day in a couple of weeks. The House impeachment inquiry does remain in focus, though. Futures are paring their gains as House Intelligence now releases the whistleblower complaint. Right now, acting director of National Intelligence, Joseph McGuire, is set to testify on the Hill before House Intelligence and we will keep you apprised of headlines from that. President, though, uh, did retweet a comment this morning, Jim, suggesting that markets would crash if impeachment happened.
3: Well, I think that the history of when... Clinton was impeached as one of the first day tech was down 4.5% NASDAQ. After that, it was just the greatest buying opportunity ever. So, no, I'm not going to buy in that the markets would crash. Yes, I would buy in the idea that he was convicted by the Senate, which is not going to happen because you need two thirds of Senate. And I don't even think, I mean, they could, Torquemada wouldn't be, it would, would stay president. I really feel <laughs> like that where we are here is, uh, one, once again, non like whistleblower. you know what we, we're back to, Carl? We're back to one of those situations where there are people who hate Trump so much that they say, do you see what this whistleblower said? That there was a lockdown. And I'm like, yeah, lockdown. But then I say, what's lockdown? I mean, no, this is this is not the smoking gun that I think a lot of people were expecting, except for the people who hate Trump so much that anything's a smoking gun. Well, as we know, as we know, this is
4: not a trial. Uh, Impeachment is a political process, not a judicial one. Right. So it's, it's up to the House, who, it, according to Politico, has
3: the votes now if they want. Well, I think that that, that I think that uh, Speaker Pelosi is a great head counter. But just a week ago, I know she didn't want this. Uh, now, obviously, new evidence changes her mind. I think it's great that people change their minds. But I do believe that once again, even though the Democrats assured me that this would not happen, that if you read the stories, uh, you don't know what really happened. Other than leg- legendary Ukraine funny man seems to be he was a. Seems to be very happy, and that maybe they picked the wrong guy to say that Trump bullied him because it seemed like that they're pretty convivial. So what happens is, once again, you just say, "I don't know, this is too hard. I forget about it." How did Nike do? Uh, that is the key.
4: Uh, how how this inquiry process it, uh, impacts trade, right? right? Passage of USMCA. That's I worry about. Uh, any spending deal. we November 21, you're facing a new shutdown of the yes. government. Uh, not to mention gun control and drug pricing.
3: Right. I mean, shutdown government historically down a couple percent before and then goes up. USMCA, I think, is a big deal because a lot of great companies really need that. And I know that uh, Speaker Pelosi wanted that to happen last week, was just worried about safeguards. I, I When I was speaking with the president's people yesterday, they it is harder to imagine that someone who's busy trying to impeach you also wants to sit down and make a big deal with you. So that may be the one that is actually, uh, hurts UPS hurts a KSU. The companies I speak to really wanted this, you know, uh, autos, yep. maybe GM gets a break in the strike. Can-
4: Cantor's out today with a bearish note saying sell transports essentially. Yeah. Well, the transports are
3: the ones that are hurt by that. And, uh, it, there's no two ways about it. That's just true. Uh, You need Nancy Pelosi to come out and say, look, this is not at risk. We still want to do this because the American working person needs it. And I think that's a harder dialogue. It's a harder storyline because of what she said yesterday. So uh, the day before, uh, it's dispiriting from the point of view of stocks to have it. So once again, we want to pay less for stocks because of an international fight. But then there are people who say, listen, Jim, this is a constitutional crisis. We should sell all stocks. Every constitutional crisis other than 2007 has been buying opportunities. What we have to do is look at the fundamentals. Now, I know that sounds like a hack, but the fundamentals do matter. Last night's J-Bill, fantastic. Really great read across the board for Internet of Things technology. Uh, Last night, uh, KB Holmes, really amazing. Uh, Last night, whistleblower, legendary uh, Ukraine funny man. Uh, Hard to... To dovetail into. I mean, I, look, I pick up the New York Times and obviously I to the New York Times and it says that Trump has just been found, found guilty. Uh, oh, no, not yet. I, and I just find it's so hard to understand. I'm not saying Democrat or Republican. I'm saying it's really hard to understand. All right. If
4: we're going to have a conversation then about fundamentals, uh, corporate profits are starting to get squeezed. Uh, a lot of caution on the street about rising wage costs. Nothing. You know, there's trade and incremental costs on trade. But as wages are up, and we'll get more uh, core PCE now,
3: uh, 2-4 in line. Right. Well, I think that wages should be up because I think workers have been underpaid. And I think they're catching up. But there are great productivity gains. I, last time in the KB Homes call, I just said, you yeah, know, of course, labor costs are going up a little. Uh, there's a shortage of workers. We don't allow uh, immigrants come to come in as we used to. Uh, if you wanted to be able to make it so that, that wages went down, you just have more immigrants come in. But I do think that that's part of the price of... That's part of the collateral damage of going for maybe 2%, 2% unemployment. I mean, look, this economy is still strong, except for the companies that are directly related to China. And those who want to portray this economy as deeply related to China are missing the point. There's about I have about a quarter of the S&P that I do have to factor in. But then you go over Nike. And you know, Nike, remember what Mark Parker said, this is a company by China, for China. It was a, you know, of China, by the people, before the people. And Nike was incredible. Starbucks, deeply in China. Kevin Johnson would tell you China's the strongest part. If we had uh, Tim Cook here right now, he would say, look, China is really strong. So it is steel. It is, uh, there are lots of certain, like lumber today. We read about the lumber companies that really made a big bet with China. That's wrong. But when I look at the retailers, when I look at, at Walmart, I look at Amazon, which I know is in the crosshairs of the government right now. Sure. But Target, I mean, Target stock never came after the big run. Costco's doing so great. And Home Depot, another positive note today. Yeah, we'll, we'll
4: cover more of those names. Uh, there's some calls on Target and consumer up 4.6 on this Q2 GDP number. Uh, it's all about the consumer here. Yes. And the wheels of commerce uh, continue to, to churn, uh, David Faber, whether it's M&A or Big IPO, where you are today.
0: That's right. Uh, We will talk about Peloton later, but right now we're going to talk a bit more about a deal that didn't happen. I'm talking about those merger talks, of course, between Philip Morris International and Altria. They were officially uh, concluded as of at least yesterday. Joining us in a CNBC exclusive now is the CEO of Philip Morris International, Andre Kanzopoulos. Nice to have you here. Thanks for having me. In New York City, where you've been for a couple of weeks. Uh, Let's start off with the deal uh, talks. We learned about them on August 27th with a brief announcement. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they concluded without reaching an agreement, uh, let's call it yesterday or the day prior. Why were you unable to reach an agreement with Altria for a deal?
5: Well, you know, as you know, we already have a relationship with Altria because of the ICOS uh, license for distribution in the U.S. And what we looked at is... Uh, if there is a better way to maximize value for shareholders, looking at the strategic rationale in terms of additional revenue synergies, cost synergies obvious, Um, in addition, more focused resources on both sides, but at the same time, clearly, like in any merger, you have taken into consideration the environment, shareholder sentiment, uh, and I would say the effort required versus the priorities we have just now on the market. So we concluded that the best course of action is to end the discussions on the merger and focus instead on the forthcoming launch of ICOS and the partnership uh, going forward.
0: You know, my understanding had been, though, that there was a likelihood of a deal until uh, this vaping crisis, if, if we can call it that, Uh, sort of began to uh, become something of great significance. Is that the case? Do you think you would have reached an agreement were it not for the sudden banning of of vaping products in various parts of both the U.S. and around the world?
5: Yeah. look, It is an evolving environment just now in the U.S. Uh, And I think what we see is, first of all, to, to look at the bigger context, okay, all tobacco-containing product, included nicotine products, are regulated and by the FDA. Okay, We had an exception for a period of time for the vapor category. If I remember conversations, because there are small companies, small entrepreneurs, and it was kind of a heavy process. Now, I think the process is ongoing. Uh, it is a very emotional issue, as we know, because it involves using use by teenagers and vaping and this is should be the priority by everybody to address because this is a serious issue and I think over time if we take a two three year horizon after we will be gone with the vapor categories through the uh, pre-market tobacco product application process say, end of 21, 22, I think what we will see is a highly regulated, in terms of product, marketing, and other restrictions category. But I do believe uh, that at the end, strong brands and companies that have size and are doing the right things will be the ones that will be the winners now. Right. Pr- uh, Forecasting exactly how is this is going to happen with high precision is a bit difficult today. And Everybody understands. is that understands. why, given the
0: lack of the ability to forecast right now in this immediate moment, I think you there were are many to scenarios
5: reach, to reach a deal with Altria? No, that's not the case. I think we took everything into consideration. As I said, also investor sentiment, and I understand Tell me about our investors. investor sentiment actually. Yeah, because- our investors were. They, they, they were not very supportive and we have not. to take this into consideration. Do you think
0: they failed to understand sort of the strategic yeah. rationale for the deal? You weren't able to talk about it while you were exactly, talking. So. People were talking to me about the ability to bring together these two organizations, invest more in R and D, innovation, using what is a, a window that is open now as a real opportunity. Did your shareholder base fail to fully appreciate why you wanted okay. to do it?
5: Shareholders, of course, had their own opinions. Uh, we couldn't explain, but this is—it doesn't matter. I think this is closed. The discussions have ended. For the foreseeable future, we can only focus on getting ICOS, which is the only uh, product that has authorization right. by the FDA on the market. Right. I think we have a corridor of opportunity here, because there will be a lot of change in the vapor market. And I think that's where the companies are going to focus. Uh, But I I think, aren't you in some ways not in line with your
0: own shareholder base? Are they either not understanding some of the weakness you see in the overall business or the need to move more aggressively, or are you failing to understand their concerns in some fashion? Look,
5: I think sometimes there is a little bit of confusion amongst shareholders in general about all this new category, which is understandable because the category is new. Uh, There is discussion about decline of cigarettes. And obviously, as the new categories uh, emerge and consumers and smokers move from cigarettes to these uh, alternatives that hopefully they will be proven to be better, we will have a decline in cigarettes. This is in the U.S. and this is what's happening internationally. If we take the example of Japan, for example. We have a 25% decline in the cigarette market because products that are heated, heated tobacco products like Icos and others, have convinced consumers to switch to these products. I think this is very good for public health. Uh, So this is what is going to happen. And, however, who is going to be the winner and the loser is what shareholders are worried about. I think Altra and ourselves are very well positioned both in this market and internationally because we have the portfolio of products for you know, the new world mm-hmm. uh, we have the first, as I said, that is approved uh, by the, uh, the FDA and I think we are very well positioned to be the winners in the longer term where we hope one day cigarettes will stop existing and better products will be used by people that, that we will not otherwise switch. And that's how I see it. Now, I understand that anytime there is a transition in an industry, shareholders are worried and sometimes overworried. But I think both companies are very well positioned for the future. Okay. I, I think also, uh, you know, we, we see very good first steps uh, announced yesterday from Joule that has been a little bit at the center of the discussion. Yes, but it it's has. not the only uh, e-vapor uh, no, company, but it's obviously. But it's a first very good step. And I think uh, that was the right decision from the board of directors. And I think Altri also with the experience they have from a very regulated category have played a role and they have a role to play going forward. As I said, we need to focus now on getting the products through the process of the fda because there is a lot of emotion and a lot of overreaction sometimes and address the youth use of nicotine and that requires quite a lot of action not only strict regulation of flavors but requires age limits access control of the retail technology to do that technology in the devices and education because we told the children don't smoke right
0: you know if I can just because my colleagues at the New York Stock Exchange Jim Cramer has a question for you okay. as well Jim
3: yeah Andre I have I have to disagree with you that you think that both companies have a good future Altria is clearly wasting acid; wouldn't be eight percent the only thing that Altria had was a renegade company called Jewel. You know why I call it renegade? Because you chose to go through the FDA in a very rigorous process for ICOs. Would you have advised Jewel to be able to take the strategy they did would you would you think that it would have been better had they gone through the FDA rather than try to fool a lot of people? Oh, I'm sorry. Rather than convince a lot of people over 21, oh, I'm sorry. They used a lot of underage people. They didn't expect that. What I'm saying to you, sir, is ICOs did it the right way. Did you really expect the jewel would do the back door? And do you think that was right?
5: Well, I think. Joule and any other e vapor product have to go through the FDA process. That's, how, that's something we always advocated, not only in the US but worldwide. We think a nicotine product must be regulated. And I think the FDA has the best process in the world, and I encourage governments everywhere else to adopt similar processes because that creates certainty for the consumers, eliminates the confusion, and a, and a level play field. Now, we are in the process, as we know, in, in, uh, in the U.S. As of May next year, everybody has to submit PMTA. These things take time and a lot of investment to do, but I think the companies can do it. They have to do it. And then I think the whole thing would be better addressed because pre-market, the products will be reviewed. And then post-market, they will be very strictly followed by the FDA. And I think under this uh, scenario, we will have a much better uh, industry and the best players and best brands will prevail. But I encourage well, everybody to go there as fast as possible.
3: Well, then, then shouldn't Jewel just pull its product, just suspend it everywhere in this country, and maybe even the world, until we get the data that we need? Why shouldn't Juul just say, you know what? Full stop. Let's do this. Wouldn't that be the right thing? And, and You know, I got kids. I sure wish they'd do that.
5: Well, as I said, Product is one thing, and I think we need strict regulation of flavors. If I'm not mistaken, Uh, Joule was the only company that has removed flavors from retail trade. Now, at the end of the day, uh, I see also states regulating these products and taking them uh, out of the market. We have to be careful here not to have an over-exaggerated reaction, because we need to focus on kids not putting their hands on these products, but also take into consideration there are millions of Americans today that use evapor products. And, you know, be careful that what is going to happen to these people if we have a blanket uh, elimination or ban of the product. So I think we need some moderation here and i longer term thinking. But I think once the FDA process has finished, things will become calmer and much more clear.
0: Um, Well, what does that mean for the U.S. market for the time being? And I mentioned that Imperial Brands this morning uh, slashes its revenue growth expectations because of uh, next generation products in the U.S., namely vaping, for example, deteriorated considerably over the last month or so, um, given the concern. Is that your expectation? Is Is the market for new and replacement tobacco products going to be sort of in flux, if not not doing particularly well
5: for some time? Well, I think if people do, if companies do things right, and I think we did the right thing. We developed these products, we put them through a very rigorous scientific assessment internally, preclinical and clinical, then we submitted to the regulatory authorities, including the FDA, so consumers get the assurance that at least they can trust the product and what we communicate as a manufacturer is truthful and not misleading right and that's the so, product. I product we should
0: make it clear the heat not burn tobacco exactly. product that you're rolling out around the world you're partnered with ultra here in the US which is, is, is not, not any vapor product. product
5: and it's not vaping but we should not be conflating vaping in general I think when products will go through the FDA process and do the right assessment we will also see that vapor products are better than cigarettes and More appropriate for public health. You believe that, that they will be But they have to go through the process. But you believe
0: they will be better for health than
5: tobacco? Yes, I do. Why? Because they have much more toxicity and exposure to chemicals, vastly lower than cigarettes. And heated tobacco products have the same. But the thing is, they have to go through the process. So once this is done, I think the category will recover, but with the right restrictions the right limitations the right access control so we don't have you know kids using nicotine products right. and then adults have options to switch and I think this category is the future and I think we are very well positioned to succeed in the category because we're the leader in this category
0: and, and do you believe I mean you mentioned earlier your goal is to ultimately replace tobacco uh, absolutely is that going to be hindered in part because of the concern now about vaping and perhaps even simply because people are concerned about these replacement products overall? Are they just going to stay with tobacco longer?
5: Look, I think some of the comments made uh are confusing people who smoke today because sometimes they don't know if these products are worse than cigarettes. 50% of Americans still believe that e-vapor products are worse than cigarettes. And I think that's wrong. No, but we've got, people di- we've got people dying from vaping. It's kind of scary. Okay. First of all, it is deeply concerning that people die irrespective of the reason. Now, from what I understand, the FDA and the CDC are investigating the health reasons for that. But my understanding is this is not concerning traditional right. vaping products that contain nicotine. Right concerns other substances. Yes. So, again, we should, not, so. we should be careful not to create confusion amongst the millions of people that use vapour products, because this is not traditional evaping products with nicotine. And actually, these products existed in the market right. for so many years when we never had an issue. So, I think we have to let the authorities conduct their investigation. But the recommendations, they issue, make sense. Don't buy products that are not legitimate manufacturers. Don't buy products from the black markets, because that's where we have an issue. Before
0: we end, uh, let's get back to the deal itself. Um, you're not talking with Altria any longer about this merger of equals it was, as it was described. Do you believe at some point you could re-enter those talks when the, uh, when the conditions are clearer in terms of the products that you're talking about?
5: Well, the talks have ended. And for the foreseeable future, we'll focus on all other things we do together, and there are many ways to continue our collaboration. I think coming out of these discussions, we're better aligned on many things because we're well, better aligned on many things. Because we, you know, spending time much more closely, you align on many other things. Right. So it's a win-win for both companies, and I think we have enough uh, ability, even without the merger, to further both. Uh, portfolios of companies and create shareholder value for both companies. I think that's still a very good
0: collaboration. All right. Well, we look forward to checking in with you along the way, and appreciate your taking some time this morning. Thank you. Thank you
5: very much. You You're welcome, you Andre well.
0: Collinsopoulos, the Dave. CEO of Philip Morris International. Carl, back over to you. All right, David, thanks so much. When we come back, Peloton's
4: going public today after pricing the IPO at the high end of the range. We'll bring you the first trade, obviously. Also ahead, capitalizing on 5G. David's got an exclusive with the CEOs of Verizon, Qualcomm, and IBM at the T2 Summit. Futures hanging in there. We'll get to a ton of news on Target, McDonald's, Beyond Meat, Facebook, GM, and a lot more when we come
6: back.
0: I'm David Faber at the NASDAQ today. Of course, my colleagues are down at the New York Stock Exchange. We are awaiting the open of Peloton here at the NASDAQ. That's not why I was here, but it's always interesting to be at the same place where the IPO will open. For now, though, let's get to a mad dash. We've got a few minutes to go before we get started with trading here. And, Jim, take it away.
3: Yeah, well, very exciting news if you own the stock of Beyond Meat. McDonald's is testing new plant-based burger in Canada. Uh, it's going to be for a limited time, uh, 28 restaurants. I spoke to, to Ethan Brown, the CEO, this morning. Well, obviously, this is the dream come true. He's quite confident that people will like it. Of course, it's his, but he is talking about McDonald's being the Moby Dick, and he looks like he's gotten Moby Dick. I would not bet against Ethan Brown. I would not bet against this This. A faux burger is what I used to call it. I would not bet against this better delivery system for grain to your body than going through a cow. And I think that this test is going to succeed. I welcome Mr. Eastbrook to come on. He uh, has always been a little media shy. But this PLT, as they call it, it's his plant lettuce tomato. It's very exciting, David. It's got the stock flying, and I don't think it's done. You don't? Uh, no, it's, because, it's, you know, there's a lot of people who like it They're You know, it, 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 look, let me be careful here in, in where they did the big secondary, which is not far from here, has been a lid. But the stock's still heavily shorted. There's still a lot of excitement for it. Is it a flash in the pan? No. Should the stock be as high as it is? No. But people are going to be juiced by the fact that they're in McDonald's, which is something that a lot of people speculated. But we've been waiting and waiting. And you know, maybe you have to go to southwestern Ontario, which is also apparently the cannabis capital of the world, to be able to get this. Maybe you have some cannabis, and then you go and you get a plant-based burger.
4: It's only 28 restaurants, and it's only 12 weeks. So how do we know this is really going to stick?
3: Because I have never seen Ethan Brown be as confident and as excited. Now, he is a proselytizer. He's an evangelist. But I think that what we saw from Impossible Burgers so far is good. And I think that this is what a lot of people are waiting for, not just vegetarians, people who just believe in the ethos of no cow, no methane, less cholesterol. Is it, is it the best burger yet? Ethan would tell you it's still a work in progress. I would bet with Beyond Meat, not against it, in this McDonald's truck. Yeah. Uh, other
4: big piece of uh, news out this morning is reports that Disney is going to add literally hundreds of plant-based recipes to its park menu. Uh, at Disney World and Disneyland
3: I think that people have to recognize that this is not a vegetarian issue it's an ethos it's a millennial thing Uh, when I spoke to Ethan I had yeah you know I've had burgers with Ethan I've had uh, geez I've had a lot of things with you Full steak made from Uh, plant-based tacos which are terrific I would like to add them to bar San Miguel and I think it's just a wider issue I think people just like the taste And they like the fact that that it's not beef and it's not slaughtering cows. There are a lot of people who care more about these things than my generation, where we felt like, okay, listen, one of the things you have to do to get a cow is to, you know, shove a bolt in its head and kill it. A lot of people think that that's just bad. And I don't blame them for thinking that way. Gently because my daughter, who feels that way, loves Beyond Meat. Someone was criticizing me earlier today. She said, Jim, uh, vape, you're upset because it's your father-in-law. No, I'm upset because there's 150,000 people who will die of lung cancer. There are a lot of people who feel this is a good way to be healthier. You may disagree, but there's a lot of people who feel that way.
4: We're going to watch it, obviously, big move in the pre-market. Let's get the opening bell here in the S&P 500 at the CNBC Real-Time Exchange and the big board of Salesforce celebrating 20 years. Wow. Uh, at the NASDAQ, Peloton, an Interactive Fitness Platform celebrating its IPO today. And we're going to have a lot more on PTON pricing of 29, high end of the range. Valuation
3: over $8 billion is twice the last round. Yeah, it's a shame that it's doing this. You know, the good ones don't go. The good ones don't work like this. The good ones don't, aren't priced at the high in this environment the last couple of years. They are ho-hum, and then they catch on. The bad ones are priced at the high, open way too high, suck a lot of people in. First day real good, then goes down. I urge people to not buy at the opening would—you you might be able to make a few bucks, but you'll never get out in time. Interestingly enough, that who introduced me to Peloton, Mark Benioff, co-founder of Salesforce. We have—we uh, have Mark Hawkins the president, president and CFO of Salesforce. Bringing the up Bell, uh, I'd like to put a stick mic in his face <laughs> and be really obnoxious, <laughs> like I did with Darr. So maybe I'll do it. Um, oh, John man.
4: Foley of Peloton was on Squawk earlier this morning. Uh, said that net new subs, net new subs are the quote true north. And he said,
3: we are we are prioritizing growth over profitability right now that the numbers are great. Uh, and there was a moment in time where people who were pri- prioritizing growth over profitability had the best stocks that came and went. This is the opposite. Right now, we're in a terrible market for that. Maybe today is the first day where people want that. I had Twilio on last night. Twilio stock has been straight down, Okay, straight down. And their company actually is profitable, that are grow, that, that, that prioritize growth. The market doesn't want that right now. And I, I appreciate that Peloton wants us to think that that's what they want. And maybe that's a good strategy. But people have, who are buying the stock have to recognize that's not what the stock market wants. Or we work would have come public. We work. Uh, David, uh, finally, yeah.
4: also said uh, that in pricing the deal, uh, quote, we weren't
0: greedy, uh, said they, they did leave something on the table. Uh, Well, we'll see. I mean, you know, I'm sure you guys have taken a look at Smile Direct recently. Uh, That has been nothing short of disastrous since its initial public offering, one that was touted as being very strong at the open and, of course, has proved otherwise. You have to wonder what would WeWork really have met if it had actually tried to come to the public markets. Of course, it would have actually been public, which would have been a key thing for it. But nonetheless, it's a tough Market right now. And guys, I'm sure you saw Endeavor lowering the price range, lowering as well uh, the number of shares, Jim, that it's going to or the amount that it's going to offer. Uh, The UFC, no doubt, is a is a popular growth property. But there are concerns about the rest of that business. I know you guys are both represented by them, but we still can talk about it a bit, right?
3: Well, Smile Direct is uh, (laughs) the disaster of, of this era. Uh, Endeavor. See, I, I don't mind a. Remember, I don't mind a stock that uh, where the range just kind of holds in there. I don't. A you know, stock where the range goes down is usually a sign that there's no institutional support whatsoever. A- Endeavor, they are uh, by, the, by agent, so I, I'm reluctant to really uh, talk about that. I'm just saying. But in general, you want a stock that comes at pretty much the range that we thought, that has good demand, that isn't really exciting, goes up high and then it goes up over time. Ally Yeti, which a lot of people felt was going to be a bomb because the balance sheet wasn't that good. So I would just point out that it's absolutely true that Peloton's red hot, but what's also aptly true is that red hot stocks on an IPO have not been a great places.
4: Well, at one point yesterday, uh, 75% of this year's IPOs were down for the week. Well, that's the
3: problem. I mean, you know, I just don't want people to lose money. And maybe you can make, maybe this is the one where you can make money. Uh, but I have to tell you that it's, it's that would be unusual.
4: All right. I got some calls out this morning. Uh, Cowan adds Target to the number one slot on its conviction list. Target's fabulous.
3: This is uh, Brian Cornell, Triumph, same day. By the way, you know, Macy's is going back and bringing the same day. i got Jeff Gannett is talking about how important that is. Um, free with $75 purchase for them. Look, Brian, he's reinvented Target. And unless you've been to one of the small-format Target's or a Target that's an inner city where there's no other store, you probably don't understand why it's going up. If you're next to a Great Land Target, the old-fashioned, you say, what's the deal? The new Targets are exciting, and they are local, and they are all about the neighborhood. And I love that. That's terrific.
4: Uh, There's a look at uh,
3: Costco, of course, Home Depot. What's that, watch? Spells watch. Yes, that's your, that's your acronym. Sorry. That's all right. Well, I just am waiting for an ETF to, to take it over and take all the credit and make a lot of money, and then people lose money in the ETF and they blame me.
4: Well, speaking of acronyms, uh, FANG, um, these reports now that uh, DOJ is following up on uh, Facebook, Antitrust Probe would make it the fourth yes. agency if you include FTC, state AGs, and House Judiciary.
3: Yeah, I'm waiting for the Department of Energy, Department of Labor, and Health and Human Services to go after Facebook. Will you cut it out already? I mean, honestly, the Defense Department's going to go after Facebook. Enough! I mean, how many people can go after Facebook? I mean, what is Facebook? Look, if you think it's bad, stop using it. Now, here's an amazing thing. You know, you can stop using Instagram. It, it, it's allowed. I mean, the government acts like we're all stuck, handcuffed to Facebook, and it's really a shame, and we're going to break the handcuffs. It's a, it's a voluntary thing, for heaven's sake. I, I don't, you know, what, did they destroy everybody else? They're smarter well, than everybody antitrust else. Antitrust law is not a popularity contest. Right? No, but there are two kinds of antitrust. There are co- antitrust, which says we got to keep prices low, of which Facebook does. And then there's the old-style antitrust against Standard Oil, which is they're too powerful and let's go after them. We are now in an era where we are using the old-style antitrust. They're too powerful. And the too powerful standard I have always found to be fanciful. I care about the, the products that drive other people out of business. I think Facebook has never they haven't driven Amazon. They haven't driven Google out of business. They're very smart. Snap, Twitter, they're all in business. And during this period when Facebook said a sentence, look at Twitter. I mean, both Mark Benioff and Bob Iger should have bought Twitter. They both say in their books that they shouldn't have. Well, I mean,
4: Snap might argue differently that we had ideas that were stolen and, and leveraged because of their size. What, what
3: the hell was so proprietary about what Snap did? I mean, honest to God. What were they like? You don't you, think
4: stories is a complete copy of of Snap?
3: What did Nelson Pelt say when I was interviewing him last week at this time delivering Alpha? We'll steal anything and it's great. I mean, it's in the public the public domain. Look, they're smart, okay? I use Instagram. I use Instagram. My daughter uses it to build a business. My wife uses it to look at what my daughter's up to. I mean, everybody uses it for different things. But the government has decided, the government, and all, how many agencies? I mean, Four. name me an agency. Four. Okay, I want to know. I want to know right now. Why isn't the Secretary of Navy looking into this? <laughs> I mean, honestly, but can, we, can we have one agency? Let's have one agency. Let's let's amalgamate that is, that them. That is one of the worries that one, there's overlap. Have that one agency. Yeah. I mean, do that's all they have to do is investigate Facebook. Well, why don't we amalgamate them? Why don't we have a czar?
4: Uh, speaking of all this, guys, uh, Amazon, uh, big uh, product announcement yesterday uh, using. Um, voice assist. Bezos actually spoke to some reporters about facial recognition, saying that needs some regulation.
3: Well, uh, facial recognition has time has come. I don't know. Uh, How about regulating the new Facebook product? It's a lot like Carrie when she was able to move things through telekinesis. I mean, look, these companies are doing remarkable things. I worry about anything that, that doesn't invade your privacy, but actually controls you. I mean, I think the big issue with Facebook is right now is Facebook. Because I downloaded WhatsApp, are they listening to what I'm saying? I don't want that. That would be bad. And a lot of people feel like because I downloaded WhatsApp uh, that they actually are following me everywhere. If that's the case, I don't like that. Right? If they, it, that would be bad. So, have an agency look into that, but not not for agencies. I mean, there's so many things to look into. I mean, the two things the government's looking into is, is a, a memo to legendary Walsh, uh Ukraine funny man president, and they're looking into Facebook. Do you and I? I think that people are mad at me that they're looking into something that might cause 150,000 deaths, which is uh, tobacco. But I don't know. I just don't find that these are the enemies of the people. I think China, I like that as something to look into, but they're not in Congress. And
4: we're not even in a 5G world yet, uh, David, which you're going to talk more about this morning.
0: Looking forward to uh, around 11 o'clock uh, on Squawk Alley, Carl, I'm going to have a unique panel. Uh, and we're going to talk about 5G in a way that we really haven't before. And there they are. Hans Vestberg, of course, uh, from Verizon, Steve Molenkoff. And Ginni Rometty. Um, And this is not going to be about specifics for each of their companies as much as we're really going to try to delve into the opportunity here, uh, where we stand. You know, we talk so often about what it means for consumers in terms of handsets and speeds, but the Internet of Things and the applications for the factory floor or for autonomous driving, for so many other potential things, uh, is probably far greater than what it means for the fact that you're going to be able to download a movie more quickly. And so I think we're going to focus in part on that, the opportunity and the threat uh, for companies like IBM uh, and where we stand. rare to get three CEOs of these kinds of companies together, and so very much looking forward to what I hope will be an interesting discussion uh, about 5G.
3: You know, last night on the J-Bill conference call, it's a very important call. They're talking about 5G as absolutely being a savior for a lot of tech companies. I think 5G is also going to be a savior for Dow Chemical because of all the different ingredients. David, 5G could be the revolution that keeps a lot of companies, in, not just American Tower, uh, going as a reason why you should own their stocks. What do you think?
0: I think? Well, I think it's possible, but it does appear that we're still a ways away from sort of that industrial revolution that you're kind of talking about, I think, in terms of how things can be even further automated uh, with artificial intelligence as well. Uh, by everything having a chip in it, the lack of latency so that you can connect to the edge of the network and there is where all the computing power is going to be. Will Amazon actually move AWS sort of there as opposed to uh, where it currently is in the server farms? Yeah, I, uh, there's certainly going to be the potential for great efficiencies. Jimbo, I want to talk to uh, to Vesberg and Malenkoff and Rometty about this reality and when it's going to be here because that certainly remains unclear at this point.
3: Yeah, I mean, also, this is right in the sweet spot of Huawei in China uh, and who's ahead of us. And I think there are a lot of people, including the president of the United States, uh, believe that maybe we have to have uh, we may have to have Sprint merged with T-Mobile in order to be able to stay in the race. Uh, I know that that's not necessarily uh, John Ledger is not there, but I think it's it's the elephant in the room. We need that deal to close. And, David, is that deal going to close? I keep reading things now about how they're uh, roadblocks.
0: You know, uh, Jim, it's very hard to say. I mean, the states are litigating. Uh, They're going to potentially go to trial. Uh, And it's unclear. I think most people believe that the companies have a better than 50 percent chance of getting it done. Uh, But there is still a key question mark as to whether the states in some fashion are going to prevail as they continue with the case, despite the fact that the Department of Justice has reached a deal with the parties involved that they feel will retain and actually even enhance competition on the wireless market. It's a very strange situation, as you well know.
4: All right. We're going to watch that, guys. We lost our gains at the open. Uh, McDonald's is leading the Dow for the moment. Let's
2: get to Bob Asani. Bob. Uh, sort of a flat opening, but a very typical pattern when there is uh, less interest, or less follow-through on the China trade talks. You get cyclicals underperforming and you get defensive sectors outperforming. So you just take a look here. There's your cyclicals, metals and mining, energy, bank stocks tra- trading to the downside. More defensive, consumer-oriented names, staples, utilities, which have been sitting at historic highs, are uh, all outperforming. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about this hot IPO market. We talked about this uh, yesterday and what was going on and the market issues overall here. So three of the four really haven't changed. Trade war issues, global, industrial and manufacturing slowdown we've been seeing, and essentially flat earnings, high valuations. We'll talk a lot more about third quarter earnings, but it's the same as the second quarter. Down slightly, but are going to be turning positive likely in the next few weeks. But it's been essentially flattish. That's the main story all year. And the new uh, X factor here, the impeachment inquiry, a lot of questions about what that means for the markets. We don't have a lot of answers. We don't have answers particularly about the U.S., Canada, Mexico trade agreement and whether or not the House... Uh, whether Nancy Pelosi is going to push that through or not. That's a big question. We just don't have the answers to that. There's drug pricing legislation that's out there. We don't know if that's going to get through. So this is a sort of added X factor for the overall market, that's not clear what's going on. Uh, we've been talking a lot about the IPO market and how it's doing here. Of course, we're waiting for Peloton to come here. They priced at the high end of the range. That's certainly good news. We're talking about the trends in the IPO market uh, overall. But the fact is, it's been an ugly month overall for IPOs. There's been a real revaluations of pricing. This occasionally happens when markets get jittery. It's just take a look at the IPO ETF, remember, up 30% on the year going into September, one of the big performers, and we are now sitting at the lowest level levels since February, essentially, for that. This is a basket of the last 60 or so larger IPOs, so it's a good indication of pricing for recent IPOs. If you take a look at what's been the issues, what are the problems uh, that are out there, we've seen a big valuation pushback, particularly on things like software IPOs that are based on potential for future profits and future earnings out there. When market gets a little jittery, they get pushback on their valuations. Profitability issues come to the fore again, uh, and that's a major issue. And I also think, legitimately, the WeWork governance issues, uh, the issues that have been out there around WeWorks, the pushing back on insider dealings, the multi-class structure, uh, the family ties, that has now become more important. I think it had an effect on that whole valuation question on WeWork and is still having an effect on IPOs in general. That whole ESG, environmental, social, and governance issues, still coming to the fore. Recent IPOs this week, Lyft, this is a new low for Lyft, down 10% for the week. Pe- uh, we see some of these other names that are weak. Pinterest, which has been all over the place. They went public back in April, but they're down 10%. There's a new low for Slack, down 10%. And Smile Direct, that's not a typo, they're still dropping down 20%. So the bottom line is we're in this process now of reevaluating the IPOs and their, what their, how much you want to push back. On the valuations, and that's obviously inter, inter, uh, infecting the uh, IPO market. We're waiting for Endeavor Group. They're going to be pricing tonight. This is a part of the deal. William Morris. Uh, I have not seen any changes uh, in their SEC filings. Still at thirty to thirty-two. There has been some discussion. There may be price talks. Still haven't seen it though in the SEC filings, and that's what matters right now. We'll keep an eye on that and let you know anything happens. Guys, back to you. All right, Bob, thanks. Let's get to the bond pits as well. Got some data out this morning. Rick Santelli
1: is at the CME Group in Chicago. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Carl. Yes, and the data was actually rather fascinating. Uh, No surprises on GDP. Some of the numbers moved a bit, but for all practical purposes, as expected, some inventory builds. But if you look at a chart of the market, what's fascinating on the intraday of 10s is the minute we walked in here and opened the futures markets at 820 Eastern, From that bell, it just started to drip away. And it didn't really pay much attention to the data, which is virtually as expected for all practical purposes. But if you look at a one-week chart, some things should jump out at you. Yes, today we gave back most of yesterday's rate gains. But we can still see that the market seems to have bitten a bit. It's grabbing. So these are very important levels between 165 and 173 in 10s. Maybe the biggest news, though... Remember how many weeks ago or months ago the yield curve was the center of attention. Everybody was biting their nails over it. Let's look at it since August first and we know what a crazy August we had. There's definitely stabilization here. Now granted it's not very positive, but then again it was not very negative. Minus five on the bottom, and you know, yesterday did a lot of work at plus oh four oh five. We're sitting at oh four now. But yet the biggest news so far of the week is continues to be with regard to foreign exchange. If you look at the euro versus the dollar, yesterday's close is a fresh 28-month low against the greenback, as you see on this chart. And the dollar index also yesterday closed at the best level since May of 2017. But as the two-day chart shows, uh, we rallied up a bit. Now we're giving it back. Uh, we've kind of lost the bid here. We're only down about a fifth of a cent. But it seems as though many times the profile of the dollar index is it goes sideways, holds on to strength, spikes, and comes and retraces. We want to see where this takes us. Carl, Jim, back to you. All right, Mick, thank you.
4: As we said earlier, shares of Beyond Meat are way up today. McDonald's announcing it will test what it's calling the PLT, Plant Lettuce and Tomato Sandwich, using Beyond Meat patties. We talked to McDonald's chief Steve Easterbrook back in May, and this is what he had to say about plant-based meat.
3: When you look at the whole meat substitute type ideas, um, I, I think what will be interesting for us will be to see who is particularly interested in that. Is it an existing customer who wants just an alternative option? Is it bring a new customer in? So we're exploring that. We're trying to understand it better and also understand the you know, customer's acceptability of that particular type of product because there's a lot of buzz around it at the moment. But it's it's, it's clearly prepared in a different way to a traditional beef patty is so uh but we we're we keeping a close eye on it and uh watch this space
4: it's telling jim that they didn't go any anywhere near gmos which you've talked about a lot well, that's and if they the can impossible. engineer this thing in the kitchen well wow that yeah. would be amazing i mean
3: i've had a professional chef make a bunch of different dishes when i ate with ethan brown over at the ceo uh, i do feel that um the, the GMO thing will be a very big issue. That Impossible Burger, as great as it tastes, is GMO, and the ethos of people who are eating this is anti-GMO. And uh, Steve Eastwood, I love Easterbrook, and I think that he's bold in doing this. But I think, and I also think, he recognizes this is not about vegetarians; it's about another way to think about food, and that's why I think it's going to have more popularity than just the vegetarian percent.
4: Gonna definitely watch this test. Oh my God! I'm gonna <laughs> fly up there and you know,
3: get a thousand of them.
4: When we come back, we're gonna to continue to watch Peloton's IPO. Stick around for the first trade, obviously, as the Dow's down 15 and the s and down seven. For more than a decade, Comcast has been committed to bridging the digital divide and connecting millions to affordable high-speed internet. But the barriers to get connected go well beyond affordability. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to reach millions with digital skills training, resources, and opportunities needed to succeed in a digital world. Project UP, building a future of unlimited possibilities. Learn more at Comcast.com/slash ProjectUp.
2: You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's All Electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today.
4: Mike runs off almost a percent. Still hanging on to the uh, 49 level as we wait for earnings after the bell stocks up more than 50 percent so far for the year and we will have an exclusive with the ceo tomorrow 9 a.m eastern time when we come back though it's stop trading with jim dow's down nine
3: let's get to jim and stop trading talk a lot about fang talk a lot about growth talk a lot about peloton today uh, Procter Gamble's been the great leader. I mean, you take a look at a chart of when uh, Nelson Peltz joined the board. The stock's up 35% uh, it's, it's since the year began, and that was the one to buy, not all this crazy growth. And I just have to hand it to those guys when I interviewed David Taylor and uh, Nelson Peltz last week at Alpha. It's pretty clear that this, this is not done. It can go higher still. Man,
4: the thesis that the Giants couldn't innovate their way yeah. out of a paper bag. Was, I know. Although but, maybe... Else was the cattle? Who knows? Well, we know I, mean,
3: I, think he, I think he would tell you David Taylor had a lot of good things in place. Uh, they're doing a good job. And no no uh, slight to Unilever, but they've become the big growth engine in consumer packaged goods. Yeah. Jim, how about tonight? I've got Taylor Morrison on tonight. I, I think last week KB Homes, uh, the conference call, housing punches above its weight. We've got to find it. Remember, housing has nothing to do with China. So it's just terrific. Charles, fantastic spokesperson for the industry. Let's find out how it's doing. Uh, and some people are saying, Jim, you care too much about jewel. No, I care about 150,000 people who die from lung cancer. Maybe it's a little. Why not? Wow.
0: One of the biggest stories in business, as you said on Twitter a few moments ago, Jim. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street.
6: What's on the horizon for financial markets?